The best of Sean Hannity is on now. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. And if you want a little bang in your yin yang, come along. We're getting things done and we're doing it together. So you don't feel misused or underused? No. I don't. I am very, very excited about the work that we have accomplished. I come from the corporate capital of the world. More corporations incorporated in my state of Delaware than all states combined. And guess what? They ain't paying enough. Sorry, Mary. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming. Behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 97. 97. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. All right, News Roundup, Information Overload Hour. If you're just uh, getting in your car and you've been out of pocket all day, we have uh, the verdict is now in. Not guilty on all charges in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. I go back and I look at Joe Biden. I actually have a copy of his, of his Twitter account. There's no other way to put it. The president of the United States refused to disavow white supremacists on the debate stage last night. And he shared a video clip on Twitter denouncing white supremacists that included a photo of Kyle Rittenhouse wielding a gun with the words, as we saw in Kenosha. The first person I'd sue if I was Kyle Rittenhouse would be Joe Biden. The next group of people that I would sue is the media. Now, I, I could literally play an hour's worth of commentary I call them the mob for a reason. They are a mob. The same, the same group of people that get every case wrong. The same group of people. They didn't learn from Richard Jewell. They got that wrong. They didn't learn about the Cambridge police. Uh, Obama got that wrong. They didn't learn what happened in Ferguson, uh, Missouri. Uh, my sources on the ground told me early on they're never getting a guilty verdict because multiple eyewitnesses corroborate the story of Officer Darren Wilson. I told everybody that in Baltimore, even though expectations were raised by the mob and the media, there's not going to be a single cop that will be found guilty there. After, I think, three acquittals, they gave up. Uh, Then you've got the UVA rape case. Then you've got the Duke lacrosse case. You see a pattern here? The rush to judgment, just like the mob and the media. Three plus, maybe four plus years of never ending lies about Trump, Russia collusion that never happened. Let me let me play just some of it. It's long. It's a little long, but just so you can hear it yourself. The rush to judgment, no due process, no presumption of innocence. And if I am Kyle Rittenhouse's attorney, 
I am taking names and I am filing lawsuits, just like Nicholas Sandman did. Listen. Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse, he murdered two people, by the way. Rittenhouse is basically what you would have had in a school shooter. He's a 17-year-old kid. He shouldn't have had a gun. He crossed state lines to supposedly protect property. No, he was going out to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, the 17-year-old vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, a vigilante. Kyle Rittenhouse, the armed teenage vigilante. A 17-year-old vigilante, arguably a domestic terrorist, picked up a rifle, drove to a different state to shoot people. Kyle Rittenhouse, a guy who's deeply racist, went with weapons to a Black Lives Matter protest, looking to get in trouble. He did. He murdered a couple of people. Rittenhouse, uh, the 17-year-old kid, just running around, shooting and killing protesters. You see the 17-year-old who was radicalized by Trumpism, took his AR-15 to Kenosha and became a killer. A white, Trump-supporting, MAGA-loving, uh, Blue Lives Matter, social media uh, uh, partisan, 17 years old, picks up a gun, drives from one state to another with the intent to shoot people. A 17-year-old boy mm. who drove across state lines with an AR-15 and started uh, shooting people up, including a guy with a skateboard. Kyle Rittenhouse, who has killed protesters, unarmed protesters. Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old that went with a weapon into the middle of uh, protests uh, and then provoked people and then shot and killed them. Kyle Rittenhouse is the enemy. A boy from out of state drives up to the state with an AR-15 around his neck, shoots and kills a couple of people, uh, shooting wildly, running around, uh, acting like uh, Renica. Drove across state lines armed with a rifle to go and shoot people. What a dark uh, dystopian scene where a 17-year-old boy is carrying around a rifle, running around and and gunning down protesters. Chaotic situation with somebody who's untrained with a weapon, uh, going to the middle of civilians and just looking for trouble. And it is trouble that he found. Amy, I don't have a crystal ball, all right? What I know is the law and what I know is what white people are willing to do to defend white supremacy. That acting job of the crying, I can't even look at it. That is one of the worst acting jobs I've ever seen. He was well prepared by his defense attorneys to disrupt his image as a trigger happy vigilante who went on a shooting rampage at a Black Lives Matter protest. I'd here to weigh in on the mob, the media, uh, and frankly, you know, you have people like Hakeem Jeffries, all these other politicians, uh, Joe Biden himself, uh, Joe Concha, Fox News contributor, columnist for The Hill, Carol Roth, uh, host of the uh, podcast, The Roth Effect, also the author of The War on Small Business. Joe, I'll start with you. Uh, it's the same cast of characters every single time. And, and you know, not to pat ourselves on the back, we follow a very, very simple principle here which allows us to get it right every time, and that is not to rush to judgment, to allow for due process, always allow the presumption of innocence. This is not complicated why we end up being right and they always end up being wrong, Joe. Well, the old saying is, Sean, get it first, but first get it 
right. And instead, we have a media that does not allow for the presumption of innocence. We saw this movie before not too long ago with Brett Kavanaugh. Now we see it, obviously, with Kyle Rittenhouse. You're guilty until proven innocent. It's supposed to work the other way around in our justice system. The race card, again, played from the bottom of the deck. Only on MSNBC and CNN can a white guy shoot three other white guys and racism becomes the epicenter of their coverage. We saw it in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin. He wins on education and economy. And I got to hear about how white supremacists are the ones that elected him and Winsome Sears, the first female black woman to win stateside in the Commonwealth. Everything goes back to race. They keep playing this card over and over, and they wonder, if you're CNN, for example, how you lose 80% of your audience. Eight in ten people that were watching in January are gone now because the boy cries wolf. They stop paying attention to the boy. You keep crying racism. People are going to stop paying attention to you. And that's what happened here. A rush to judgment on Kyle Rittenhouse. Okay. Uh, Carol, let's get your take. Yeah, I mean, I think that everything that Joe said is spot on. The crazy part about this is uh, big tech hasn't been sort of brought into the conversation because obviously a lot of these social media have become the, you know, the, the playing field for everybody to litigate uh, what should be a case about individual rights and self-defense. And, and now they're litigating everything else, as he mentioned, you know, race, uh, politics, gun ownership and whatnot. The really challenging thing here is that you We've had people who have been kicked off of platforms. They've been banned for saying that Kyle did nothing wrong, banned for contributing to his defense, banned for all of these things. Yet now, when you have a situation where we have a jury verdict that says he's not guilty, do you think anybody is now going to be banned who is currently calling him a murderer or is currently saying that he is a white supremacist. In fact, you've got Mayor Bill de Blasio on Twitter right now calling the two assailants victims. Well, hang on. Let me read this tweet. This verdict is disgusting. It sends a horrible message to this country. Where is the justice in this? We can't let this go. We need stronger laws to stop violent extremism from within our own nation. Now is the time. Uh, And not to be outdone, you got Gavin Newsom. America today, you can break the law, carry around weapons built for a military and uh, shoot and kill people and get away with it. Wait a minute. Aren't these the same guys that when there was rioting in the summer of 2020, there were nowhere to be found? And while their cities were burning and cops were being pelted with bricks, rocks, bottles, Molotov cocktails, uh, they had nothing to say. I had Comrade de Blasio on my TV show. Should we use all the video evidence of people attacking police officers? And he couldn't even support that. And he says, uh, well, it's uh, I believe in the system. I, I'm, I'm not asking you, should we use the video evidence? He would not answer the question. Carol, you, back to you. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, first of all, I'd like to mention that all of these people are commenting across state lines, uh, which they seem to have a big problem with the state line piece. I just would like to throw that out. But if you look at Mayor de Blasio, you've got one of his tweets. Another one where he's calling the assailants victims and saying this is a miscarriage of justice. Uh, it has a ratio, which is a, a bunch of comments that are saying that he's an idiot, basically, um, compared to likes. It's sort of a 16 to 1 ratio. So there are people who are pushing back, but that's not going to stop him. And I remember, as you were mentioning, Sean, uh, if you go back to the summer of 2020, I remember Mayor de Blasio 
out painting murals on the ground while small businesses were locked down because, you know, he wanted to show that, you know, he was supporting justice and supporting the burning and, and rioting and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Quick break. More with uh, Joe Concha, Carol Roth. We'll check in with Brian Kilmeade and your calls, 800-941-SEAN, on this Friday. Looking for fake news? You won't find it here. You're with Sean Hannity on the air now. now. We continue uh, our analysis of of just how abusively biased, corrupt, and culpable the mob and the media is with Joe Concha and Carol Roth. Let me go back to you. You know, Joe, this is the this is the difference between this is why I call the media the mob, because it's a mob cult mentality or the blue check uh, Twitter media mob, you know, checkpoint list or check blue check mark list, and they all go the same way. And here's the problem, though, Joe, is they never get held accountable. They never have to have to retract. They never have to apologize. They never have to admit they're wrong. I mean, it was somewhat of a shock that The Washington Post finally admitted that the dirty Clinton bought and paid for a dirty dossier that they couldn't stand by the lies that they peddled for for three, three and a half years. Where's the rest of the media? And why not go in all the way and point out, oh, yeah, that very dossier was used to commit fraud on a FISA court, take away the rights of one Carter Page to spy on a presidential candidate and a president. I'm telling you, Sean, I I think here they're going to pay. And I don't mean in terms of integrity, and I don't mean in terms of ratings. I'm talking about out of their wallets. Because you look at the lawsuits that are going to be coming against the Joy Reads of the world, against MSNBC, against CNN, against everybody who painted, including the President of the United States, by the way, defamation lawsuits. It's going to make the Covington lawsuits, Nicholas Sandman, look like pennies on the dollar. And what NBC did yesterday, MSNBC, where they actually followed the jury van, run a red light to keep up with it, and then say, oh, no, we weren't there to photograph the jury. Oh, boy, it's coming. And people always talk about, well, they're they're never held accountable. They will be in a court of law. And if Nicholas Sandman could be successful in making CNN settle, Kyle Rittenhouse sure as hell is going to do extremely well if he decides to go ahead with lawsuits and smother. Well, it's interesting. You, you, met, you mentioned Nicholas Sandman. He'll be on Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox as part of our coverage. Uh, and now here's the worst part of all of this. So you have the media, and, and I've discussed this at great length in the past. You have the media. You have somebody like Joe Biden, Hakeem Jeffries. Now you've got Comrade de Blasio and Gavin Newsom and all these high-profile politicians. And Hollywood is weighing in. And the left-wing media is showing their anger and fury. Now, they have created an expectation in the state of Wisconsin, in Kenosha, of a verdict that was never going to come if the law, which is very clear on self-defense, was followed, coupled with the eyewitness testimony, the video testimony, uh, and even the star witness of the prosecution. So at some point, when you rile people up into a belief system that's not going to occur, 
and they are angry. Can you blame them? Should they be held liable? Carol, we'll start with you. I mean, I guess uh, there is some level of free speech, and the question is, you know, where do they overstep in terms of, you know, infringing on people's individual rights? Because that's what this is all about. And I think that the, the saddest part about this, you know, from an individual perspective is that if you're somebody who believes that the, the justice system is broken, and I feel like uh, you know, we can see areas where it, it is broken, you should want to lift everybody up. You should see this as, as a victory for, okay, they finally are getting it right and want that same level of justice for other people, not to make somebody pay, not based on the facts and merits of their case, but based on the fact that you don't like the color of their skin or you don't like their politics or you don't like whatever. And the fact that people are feeding into that is just that evil collectivism that we need to shake out of this country. All right, we'll give the last word this segment to our, our friend Joe Concha. Joe, you got the last word. Okay, uh, Akeem uh, Jeffers, uh, he, his account appears to be suspended by Twitter. <laughs> I wonder what's going on with that. Uh, he's the one, of course, who said that Kyle Rittenhouse should be thrown uh, in jail and, and they, they should throw away the key. But, uh, yeah, everything that Carol said, obviously, um, this is the type of thing that I say this all the time, but I really, really mean it this time. The media never recovers from this at this point, right? You can't after coverage like this, as you said, after Russia, after Jussie Smollett, right, where the MAGA uh, hat-wearing uh, guys at 2.30 in the morning and 20 degree below weather in Chicago have a news handy and they attack them and, and, and the media believes that. It, it, it just When you add all that up in aggregate, it, it's over in terms of trust by sane and sober and objective people of this industry unfortunately. Alright, Joe Concha, Carol Roth, thank you both for being with us. We'll get Brian Kilmeade's take at the bottom of the next of the half hour and we'll get to your calls. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. I know a lot of you want to react. We'll get a lot of calls in, I promise. Quick break right back. When we come back, more of the best of The Sean Hannity Show. Stay tuned. You are listening to the best of The Sean Hannity Show. Driving liberals crazy. Three hours a day, every day. The Sean Hannity Show is back on the air. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN is our number uh, if you want to be a part of the program. It is amazing. I've been friends with John Androsic from Five for Fighting now for years and years and years. I still have a, a picture in one of my offices of me, him, and Andrew Breitbart from years ago. And I look a lot younger. My hair is a lot darker, which, by the way, everyone's making fun as this is the 25th anniversary week of me being on Fox. And they keep showing these old videos of me. And every time I see it, I get angrier and angrier um, because I, I look like I'm 10 years old and my hair was pitch black. Anyway, um, but this song that he's written about abandoning our fellow Americans, their families, abandoning thousands of green card holders eligible to live here in this country, fully vetted, uh, hundreds of th tens of thousands of Afghan allies that will die. Many are dying already. And all of it so easily preventable. I'm going to let him explain the story to you behind the song in a minute. Um, but John is going to sing it right here live in studio now. 
Got blood on my hands Got blood on my hands And I don't understand What's happening There's blood on these hands They're still Americans Left her the Taliban Now how's that happening? Winking, blinking, can't you look me in the eyes? Willy-milly, tell me When did you decide this will defend your sacred motto now means never mind hands got blood on my hands got blood on my hands the flag of the Taliban Is there no honor in shame? Can you spell Bagram without the letters in blame? Did Uncle Joe stick a trip in your veins? Hands. I can't hear her scream. If she's not, she's not, she's not on TV. I can't hear him scream. If he's not, he's not, he's not on TV. He, he, to every Afghan ally that we left behind every child who won't know freedom faces covered and blind us for this American promise now in the fire Just one American Asking What's happening Wow, what a powerful, powerful song. My friend, John Andrasik, great to have you back. How are you, sir? Uh, thank you, Sean. Thanks for having me, and uh, happy anniversary, young man. <laughs> happy anniversary, young man. All right, I'll take the dig. You know, um, 
We've been friends. We got out, I don't know why we even got out of touch. I have no idea. You know probably why? Because probably I, I, I had all my email accounts. I didn't have many emails. I had an email account canceled. And then I had um, my phones change constantly. And and people, my fr- some of my friends think I've, I'm like, I became a snob. And I'm like, no. I said, when you have, you know, 50 some odd pages of FBI 302s by Robert Mueller's team <laughs> on you. And you have 1,300 text messages with Paul Manafort in you. Private text messages released publicly. You know, your life begins to change. And... So unfortunately, you know, some people assume that, oh, he's just a jerk and I'm not. And I miss some people that I used to be able to talk to more often. But you were one of them and we've reconnected. But this song is taken off. This is now a viral. I'd even say it's it's hitting like an anthem status here. It's gone so viral. Tell me. Tell everybody about the whole the whole song start to finish. You know, Sean, it's. It's, it's interesting. It's a song I didn't want to write, and the first song I've ever taken no joy in putting out. Uh, certainly when we saw the initial images out of Afghanistan, we were all horrified, kind of flashback to 9-11 with some people falling from planes. And But when our troops were killed, uh, our 13 troops and the 100 Afghans, like you, I was just infuriated because it was preventable. And like uh, many artists, I went up to my piano and started banging on it, had no intention of writing a song. And then a few days later, after our troops left, I got a call from a friend, and this friend is uh, an amazing woman. She does incredible humanitarian work around the world, and she said, I need a contact. And I said, well, what's going on? She said, well, we're organizing evacs of AMSITs from Afghanistan. And me being, you know, just the, the, the normal citizen, I'm like, what's an AMSIT? She's like, an American citizen. And I, I sat there for a minute, and I said, are you telling me that you're risking your life to go rescue American citizens that we left behind. And there was silence on the phone, and she said yes. And that night I wrote a few verses, and finally the song wrote itself when the president came out and gave his extraordinary success speech. And I was insulted, but I had hope, because, Sean, you know, like you, I've spent the last 20 years performing for our military. I have great respect for our military. And I expected our generals, General Milley and Austin, to come out and clarify that. Maybe it was an extraordinary success. Maybe we not, should not have abandoned Bagram. Maybe we should have extended the deadline. I, I was hopeful for that. But when they came out and echoed the same narrative of what a great airlift we had and everything went according to plan, I realized this was a political operation from the start. And that scared me. And I, I wrote the song. It finished itself. I recorded it the next day and I put it out. It's intense. It's an emotion and experience I've never felt, even with Superman. There are people, as you said, there are many people who are very emotional. Some are crying. Some are um, obviously um, upset, especially our vets. Uh, I think they're also feeling grateful that someone's speaking their pain. But I think there's other folks there who maybe not uh, initially were, were excited about the message, but they were thinking about it. And, and it's resonating because deep down, for all of us, every American knows that we have deeply damaged our national honor. We have lost a piece of our soul. And until we have accountability for this humanitarian di- disaster that we see every day, especially for Afghan women and children. I, I hate to tell yeah. you, we're not seeing it every day. Well, There's almost a full-on media blackout. Now, today's day 51 since Joe's abandoned them. I talk about it every day. And you're right. There are many, many heroes that are putting their lives at risk. And by the way, apparently they're now being investigated, uh, according to some reports, by the FBI. Why, I don't know. 
Our State Department has now said you cannot, if you charter a flight with Americans on it, you're not even allowed to land that plane in the U.S. to get people the hell out of there. And if you get a third-party country to accept your charter, uh, that's fine, as long as they don't need a sign-off from Joe Biden's State Department, because that sign-off will not be forthcoming. Those are their words, written words. It's 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 the twilight zone. It's it's unbelievable. I talk to my friend on the ground every day. Um, at the same time, with all this depressing news, the American promise is not dead. You are going to tell the stories of some of these American military heroes who have sold all their assets. They've quit their jobs. They've gone down to Afghanistan. They are doing operations as we speak to rescue their brothers and sisters they fought with, some that saved their lives. The American promise is not dead. And, you know, this song... It's, it's not just about a song. It's about a moral obligation. There's a history of this com- country when our leaders fail us, that we take it on ourselves, that we rise up and we do the right thing. And people are doing that. I want people to know that. There's heroic work going on. We're going to tell those stories. And history will judge Millie, Austin, and frankly, the president. They may not have accountability from their own selves, but history will judge them. You know, you, you told me that in the lead up to singing the song, now that you're out performing again, you you tell a story. You tell the story that you've been telling us, but yeah. you also bring up something that is pretty interesting to me that you wouldn't care well, who the president was. This is not no. even a political issue for you. you it, know, and I, yeah. I, I've said it in my own way. I've said, if every American that's trapped behind enemy lines, I want, even if they're all gonna come back to America and try and get me fired, and there are a lot of people that get paid to get me fired, right? I said, even if they're going to try and get me fired, I want them home. They're our fellow Americans. We don't abandon our fellow Americans, John. We don't do that. That's not who we are. That's not the country I want to, I believe in. You know, we have this malignancy of tribalism, Sean, that we look at everything through a political lens. I agree with you. Look, it would have been much easier for me to write this song if Donald Trump were president. You know, I'm sure I'd be braced by a lot of folks that are not talking about the song, that are shunning the song. I'm sure there'd be dozens of protest songs, and there should be. This is a great shame. This is a generational shame. And you know what? If Donald Trump was president and we were here and I wrote this song and the names changed, but the song remained the same, I believe you would play it because it's not about politics. It's about the fact we left our people behind. We left our allies allies behind. There's tens of thousands of SIV holders. You know what an SIV is? It's a promise. It's a promise that we will protect you because you put our lives in our hands. And we are abandoning that promise. And we can't let that go unnoticed. And we're, you know... You're keeping it out there. Laura's keeping it out there. We're going to do everything we can to get those people out, even if it takes, I won't you say, see, 100 I've been years. I'm very reluctant, <laughs> and, and I've, I've alluded to it as you have. There are brave Americans. There are former special ops guys, yep. Navy SEALs. Yep. Um, there are very generous people that are paying for these planes. From what I've been told, I asked yep. one person, I said, is any money needed? They said, no. It's an, I, there's no excuse for that, John Andrusik. Yeah, I... I I talk to my friends on the ground. They are so frustrated with the State Department. I think they're afraid of having something go bad and having a Black Hawk down. But this is American citizens with passports. I was watching the hearings, and General Austin was implying that, well, pretty much everyone who's gotten out is is out. I had a picture of two American citizens with passports on my computer that we were trying to get out that I was texting people on the Hill that day. And you know what? They got out. Our Republican and Democratic Congress 
congressmen or senators every day are helping us get people out. I don't understand, Sean. I don't know why we're here. That's why I wrote this song. What is happening? What is happening to America? What happened to our honor? What happens to decency, moral decency? I just don't understand. And that's why I scream it every night, and I'm going to keep screaming it. Well, wait do you see uh, you giving me permission to take a little editorial control of the video portion of this. Oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's probably a risk you shouldn't have taken, but I have it in writing, so you're, you're done. Um, but uh, it's a very powerful song. You're an amazing uh, artist, an incredible singer, an incredible performer, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you on TV tonight. People are going to want to record this. 9 Eastern, Hannity on Fox. John, great to have you back and look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, buddy. 800-941-SEAN is our number. If you're in the New York area, um, he's going to be performing and he'll be singing Blood on My Hands as well. It's all super hits, the, the Riddle and, and Superman and, you know, every, every big hit he's ever had. He's just an incredible singer, songwriter. Anyway, it's going to be at the Symphony Space it's in New York City on Broadway, and we're looking forward. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be out there seeing you tomorrow night, and uh, we'll put a link on Hannity.com so people can go see you tomorrow. And if you're a veteran, you get in absolutely free. Just go to fightforfighting.com, Hannity.com. We got a link as well. Three hours a day is all we ask on the Sean Hannity Show. So please join us, but just don't be late. Sean Hannity is on. That's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, We've got an awesome Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. Please set your DVR. You don't want to miss an episode. Former Vice President Mike Pence, he's been pretty quiet lately. We'll talk to him about Afghanistan, about the border, about energy, the economy. Uh, Newt Gingrich weighs in on the implosion of the Democratic Party. We'll show you poor Kristen Sinema being followed into the bathroom. It's really unbelievable. You're going to want to record our version of Blood on My Hands, John Andrasik, Five for Fighting song. 9 Eastern, say DVR, Hannity, Fox News. We'll see you then. Back here tomorrow. Thank you for being with us. You make this show possible. We will never forget it.